This is Mark Sevy with Plot Points Podcast. I'm here with my frequent uh, co-host, Christopher Styers. Hi, Chris. Hello, Mark. How are you this morning? I'm doing good. How about good. you? I'm good. I'm good. So we record this on Sunday mornings usually, and this is the Sunday of the Emmys. They'll be on tonight. Um, we we won't know the winners, obviously, when the podcast drops, which will be this. Well, we will know the winners when the podcast drops, but not while we're recording. So Chris and I have agreed to throw our our weighty opinions behind who we think is going to win the writing Emmy and also best drama. We're just going to do a list. We're not going to get into too much discussion about it. Uh, but anyway, for for best drama, we have Better Call Saul, Bodyguard, Game of Thrones, Killing Eve, Ozark, Pose, Succession, and This Is Us. So I've seen about half of those, um, maybe a little bit more. And I don't know about you, Chris, but what do you think is going to Walk away with the Emmy for Best Drama. I'm going with Bodyguard. Oh, that was excellent. Yeah. I'm going to go yeah. with Game of Thrones. They may give it to it uh, uh, just because it's the last, you know, they're they're going off the air. Um, okay. And then um, the 71st Emmy Award nominees for um, Outstanding Writing for a Drama Series are Better Call Saul, Bodyguard Episode 1, Game of Thrones, The Iron Throne, Killing Eve, Nice and Neat, and Succession, Nobody is Ever Missing. You're, you're going to pick Bodyguard again? Uh, actually, I'm going to go with the, the Iron Throne is the final episode of Game of Thrones. Okay. Yeah, and, and I'm going to... That, that worked for me. Okay. I'm going to pick Game of Thrones also. So, so for me, it's Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones. For you, it's Bodyguard, Game of Thrones. Yes. All right. Okay, so uh, this, again, is um, Plot Points Podcast. I'm Mark Sevy. Chris is uh, a professional writer. He's got uh, seven books, I believe you said, done? Yes? Yes, yes. And uh, a bunch of short stories and articles. Yep. Um, yes. His recent book, Thurian Chronicles, is available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. His website is ChristopherStyers.com. You can you can read about uh, some of the the, his, the great offerings there, but please avail yourself. Go to Amazon, um, buy a book. Uh, always great to support a a, a terrific local author. Um, are you working on anything else besides uh, your your your? Uh, I know you're working on a novella similar to yes. Thurian Chronicles. Uh, anything else uh, going in the works? No, nothing at the moment. Uh huh. That's it. Yeah, I've I felt particularly um uninspired recently, although I have a I'm sure things are going to change. We signed uh, contracts on my uh an option from the, for the pilot I wrote. So Oh, good. Yeah, that happened uh last well Thursday, I guess, Wednesday or Thursday. Okay. And uh so now it's going to now we got to go into um the the producers want some changes to the pilot. And I, I still have to write a Bible, so we're going to work on that. And okay. um, other than that, I've just not really – uh, well, I mean, besides the writing I do for the podcast, which we're going to hopefully be able to profile uh, Stephen Bochco today. Uh, but besides that, there's really not much else going on. So, But like I said, I, I 
I have no idea how much work I'm going to have to do on this pilot or, or whatever to please these producers before they go out with it. So that I'm keeping kind of keeping my options open. Anyway, uh, are you watching anything that's as that's of interest? Well, besides uh, Bosch, yeah, I started watching a series that uh, only lasted one season, and I can't. But writers should watch it. It's called The Last Tycoon. Oh, okay. With uh, Matt Bromer and Kelsey Grammer. Yeah, I've been watching. I kind of took a step back and. A couple things popped up on Amazon. One was called Crime Story. I don't know if you've ever seen that with Dennis Farina. Um, oh, uh, yeah, a while back. I, yeah, it's an old one. It's it's yeah, it's interesting. It's got a great. It's Michael Mann um, producing. Yeah. It came in after uh, um, God the Don Johnson um, show. Oh, TV. Miami Vice. Miami Vice. And also, I started to watch uh, Cagney and Lacey which uh-huh. was pretty revolutionary for its time because it dealt with uh, women's issues, especially w- women in a all-men male environment like the New York Police Department. But what kind of shocked me was when I turned it on, um, Cagney, who for most of the series was played by Sharon Gless, was actually uh-huh. being played by Meg Foster. And uh-huh. She was in one of my films. She was in uh, Relentless 2. She played uh, the yeah. detective's wife. But they they dumped her because they felt that uh, her and Tyne Daly were too lesbian-like. <laughs> it was weird. Oh, good grief. Because they're everything, yeah, they're everything but. But it's I don't even know what lesbian-like is. I guess butch or something like that. But anyway, yeah. it was kind of interesting to um, – uh, to to jump into those worlds again because I hadn't seen either show for quite a while. All right. Well, um, if anybody has any suggestions on anything we should watch or cover on the show, please contact us at plotpoints.com. There's a contact form there, or you can dial 919 scripts, S-C-R-I-P-T-S, and uh, leave a message for me or my co-host, Christopher Styers. We we decided to I I this is a favorite writer of mine I I don't know if how much I I know you know the shows he's done and I know you have an appreciation for him but how much about uh, Stephen Bochco do you know how do you have you have well, you bothered personal on his personal history not a whole lot I just wish <laughs> that his failures mm-hmm. I could have them. <laughs> I mean, he is an incredible writer, and yeah, some was. of the shows he came up with were just outstanding. Right. Well, let's uh, well, let's talk after I do this quick profile because I think, <clears throat> excuse me, there's a few things in here that I that kind of surprised me to tell you the truth. So, mm-hmm. um, before he passed away in 2018, Steve Bochco had the type of career that most of us can only dream of. Bochco was born and raised in New York attended Carnegie Mellon University as a theater theater major. After graduation, he drove cross-country to California with actor Michael Tucker and went to work for Universal Pictures as a writer and then story editor on legendary television shows like Ironside, Columbo, and McMillan and Wife. 
One of his Columbo episodes, Murder by the Book, in 1971, was directed by another young budding superstar, Steven Spielberg. Actor Michael Tucker, Bochco's moving partner, would find success as a character actor, and especially as attorney Stuart Markowitz on L.A. Law, a later Bochco production. In 1978, Bochco went from Universal to MTM Enterprises, which was, at the t- which was at the time a major television player. Bochco had middling success at MTM until Hill Street Blues, which started a trend in television that has lasted and grown until today of gritty streetwise police dramas. Hill Street Blues' first episode caused a stir when two likable characters, pro, pro, uh, pro, has, patrol cops, Franco and Hill, played by Charles Hayden and Michael Warren, were killed at the end of the episode, or so we thought. The coarse streets, worn and dirty sets, and ambush, ambush assassination attempts sent a clear signal that Bochco had a vision for episodic police procedurals, and it wasn't like anyone else's. Hill Street Blues, inspired by, do you know, Chris? Isn't it Fort Apache, the Bronx, with Paul Newman? Yes, it is, absolutely. Became Bochco's calling card lasting seven seasons during which a rotating cast became stars while working as detectives, pimps, drug dealers, and street cops. Several actors also followed Bochco to NYPD Blue, continuing the trend he started in 1981. Bochco had some missteps. Cop Rock probably tops the list. A police show with cast members who sang may have not may have been a unique, but it tanked almost instantly. Doogie Hauser, MD, created with David E. Kelly, started the career of Neil Patrick Harris, who played a genius 14-year-old doctor in a residency program in a hospital. Although critics were lukewarm on it, it lasted a respectable four seasons and garnered some awards for technical excellence. L.A. Law, created with Terry Louise Fisher, put Bochco firmly on top again with its sometimes wacky but always interesting and compelling characters and story arcs. Its eight-season run was filled with unusual legal situations and characters you just couldn't get enough of. L.A. Law's offices and courtrooms reflected the 80s like nothing else. Bochco returned to cops with NYPD Blue, with David Milch as co-creator and over an amazing 12-season run. NYPD Blue took everything Bochco had created in his career and elevated it to almost a perfect ensemble piece of swirling conflicts and shifting alliances among the characters in the 15th Precinct in New York. Like many Bochco shows, it pushed the envelope of what was considered acceptable in TV using foul language, very challenging storylines, and nudity that was unprecedented for its time. Jimmy Smith's and Kim Delaney's romance burned up the screen. Gordon Clapp's sad sack cop made us laugh and cry in equal measure. Dennis Franz's Sipowitz character, angry, drunk, violent, and never happy, was nominated for or won multiple Emmys, Golden Globes, and Screen Actor Awards. The entire show was celebrated and awarded multiple times. In all, NYPD Blue had 285 award nominations, winning 84. Nothing Bochco did subsequent to NYPD Blue had the impact or success. Before he died of leukemia in 2018, shows like Blind Justice, Over There, and Murder in the First only achieved marginal traction. But Bochco had started and wrote a trend that we see today of raw and honest television, as they used to call it, must-see TV. Shows like Bosch, Justified, Deadwood, Sopranos, and Ray Donovan own much of what they are to Bochco and his collaborators. At the age of 74, a genius's life was cut much too short, but his impact will live forever. So, Bochco, huh? Great writer. Yes. Uh, unique. Uh, 
What I found most interesting or what I liked, I guess, most interesting about when I did the research was that he had paid his dues at almost every level in television. And no matter what he wrote, he kept writing. It, It wasn't that he had success after success after success. He went sideways a bunch of times. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, what's your favorite Bochco show? Probably Hill Street Blues. Yeah, I think that's mine too. Um, I read one time by him that when he did that show, he wanted to convey a sense of powerlessness, mm. powerless as for cops, right. that they were trying to keep the lid on. And he went on to say that when he did L.A. Law, mm-hmm. he wanted the exact opposite. He wanted people that were succeeding and successful mm. and on their way up. Mm, interesting. Yeah, Hill Street Blues was pretty – I remember seeing the first episode, and at the end when Renko and uh, Bobby were were killed or supposedly ambushed, I, I yeah. sat there with my mouth open just stunned because yeah. I don't think I'd ever seen anything like that before. Um, it was it was pretty pretty impressive work. So, yeah, too way too young, way too young. Yeah. Okay, Chris. So uh, this week we were talking because of uh, we did uh, because of the Emmys. I did a Stephen Bochco profile, and we also decided to pick. Our best, because of Bochco, because he wrote some terrific cop shows, but because of uh, the Emmys and Bochco, we decided to pick our best cop shows, non-American. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, let me start again. We, we decided to pick our best cop shows, American, and no uh, private investigators, because I'm sure Rockford Files would be on one of our lists, if not both. Yeah, but, oh, uh, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. All right, so what would you come up with for your – Top TV cop dramas. Well, in no particular order, I had Hill Street Blues. Okay. And then Barney Miller. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Okay. Okay. And then three shows that I just enjoy and would find myself re-watching them. That's Blue Bloods. Okay. Bosch. Yes. And Justified. Okay, so we did. We definitely did overlap. Um, I picked Justified in no order, The Wire, um, Columbo, <laughs> Bosch, and a a show that's just a shame. It 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 would never appear in a consistent fashion. But it was called Southland uh, about LAPD cops, and um, the woman who wrote that. <clears throat> Also wrote um, Madam Secretary, just oh, a terrific okay. writer. I uh, her name escapes yeah. me, Barbara something, but I'll put her name in the show notes. But I, so, but I also had some honorable mentions, which were uh, NYPD Blue, uh, mm-hmm. Homicide Life on the Streets, and The Shield. So, uh, mm-hmm. but it's it's interesting. I I wanted to pick NYPD Blue the same as you did, and yeah. because it was so instrumental in you know in in changing the the nature of television but there's right. just no way i could leave you know colombo off that list because that was probably i think one of the more unique cop shows in the world yeah. period yeah so yes 
right. Those are great, uh, great uh, picks. If you guys have not seen some or any of those uh, picks, we, and you like cop dramas, we, we both highly rec. I would highly recommend, um, Chris's list, and I'm sure he would recommend mine. We both have a, a deep yeah. appreciation for what it takes to create some of these shows. So, okay, well, so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna be wrapping this up pretty soon, believe it or not. It seems like it, we just started, but we've been we've been going here for a while. Um, we I want to remind you we're Plot Points Podcast. This is my friend and co-host Chris Styers. Uh, do you have any questions uh, to ask Chris that we that we got or or? What's the hardest kind of scene for you to write? Okay, so the question, uh, you know what? I don't know if I can answer that. I think they're all difficult. Um, oh, okay. I can tell you what the easiest scene is for me to write. It's the yeah. opening, the opening scene. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't have any problems writing openings. I have problems writing everything else, but not openings. Yeah. So it's a good question. I don't, I've never thought about it. I don't know that. I don't know that I can give you an effective answer. So, um, but it's a good question. It's something maybe, maybe if I think about it, we can explore it next week. I, I, I would have said things like, I, I guess subtle scenes are difficult for me to write. I'm not that subtle of a writer. And so when it comes to things like that have to be subtly, you know, put into uh-huh. a script or announced uh, subtextual things, I, I have difficulty with those. But I think every writer sort of does because they're harder yeah. to write. How about how about you? Well, for me it's towards the end when you're explaining things. Because mm. I don't want to write an info dump. Right. And how do you you know, convey certain things without it coming out that way? Right, right. So well, those are those are tough for me. Those are that's a good answer, and usually what you what you find I think is that you have to be you you have to figure out a way to pace all, all the reveals any of the reveals that you have so they don't end yeah. up like it's one of those drawing room scenes in a uh, in a uh, Poirot uh, yeah. story right yeah so right that's a good question audience if you have a uh, if you have a scene type of scene that you think is difficult to write, please contact us at uh, plotpoints.com. There's a contact form or 919 scripts, S-C-R-I-P-T-S. <clears throat> Great question, Chris. Thank you. Um, so we're going to wrap it up here. We're, we're trying to keep the podcast to 20 to 25 minutes. I think we're just about uh, we're just about there, Chris. It's been great as always to, uh, to have you on the podcast. I appreciate your, uh, your insights and uh, hopefully you'll uh, you'll be telling us that the next novella that you're working on now will be out. And do you have a, do you have a buyer for that yet? I think the one that did Thurian Chronicles, I think they would be very receptive to a sequel. Okay. Um, good. Yeah. And the cover, by the way, if you haven't seen the cover for Thurian Chronicles, it's really a fantastic cover. What's the publishing company for that? It's uh, Deep Desires Press. Deep Desires Press. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. I, I just love the fact uh, Chris writes some of the most, I don't know how to put it, challenging material I've seen. It's very difficult to, like, it's bloody and it's violent. And and now he's turning into a basically a romance writer with, uh, with <laughs> <laughs> I think that's great. <laughs> 
it just shows you that when people try to pigeonhole you into whatever, this is what you should write, or this is who you are, yeah. don't listen to them. You know, go out there and explore right. your muse in whatever direction that takes you. So, yes. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, we're going to wrap this up. Uh, the Emmys are tonight, but we are happy to be with you. We are Plot Points Podcast. My name is Mark Sevy. My co-host is Christopher Styers, who can be found all over the internet, but at, but specifically at ChristopherStyers.com. Please avail yourself of some of his material uh, on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. He's a terrific writer. And as always, I would ask you to be inspired and do good work. <laughs>